הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שברנו, כל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר, קדוש המשווה ארץ אמה. ובפחד רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד העולם נחן, נובע מחוכמה רבנו נחמן ופגה. נא נח נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותם תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. בעזרת השם תלאה בגנדו תו תורות, תורה קל"ג וקל"ד בעזרת השם. So starting with Torah 133, רבנו brings a verse from משלי פרק ד' ואורך צדיקים כאור נוגה, הולך ואור עד נכון היום. ואורך צדיקים, the pathway of the צדיקים כאור נוגה, is like a glowing light. הולך ואור עד נכון היום, growing ever brighter until noon. Just like the sun does until noon. Okay. כי השמש בעצמה מהירה במקומה בשעווה בתחילת היום ובאמצע היום. The sun radiates in its place constantly from the beginning of the day and also in the middle of the day at the beginning and in the middle of the day the only thing obstructing the sun from radiating is actually the earth which is obstructing us the human beings and the sun therefore the light does not spread out all that much at the beginning of the day The light of the sun cannot radiate so much at the beginning of the day, only a little at a time, until literally spreads across all the earth. So Rabbanu is going to bring us this comparison with regard to something else. The same is true of the tzaddik. The tzaddik is constantly illuminating. He's constantly radiating. The only obstruction is because of the receiver. In other words, meaning the obstruction is because of the earth which obstructs, as we said above. The obstacle is because of the earth which is obstructing the radiating sun. Meaning, what does it mean? That the tzaddik is radiating, the earth is radiating, that, uh, sorry, the tzaddik and the sun are radiating, just the earth and human beings, or the one who's receiving from the tzaddik that's obstructing. What we're saying is that it's this world that obstructs from the radiation of the tzaddik. Because people are constantly entrenched within the vanities of this world. Therefore, they're not able to receive the light of the tzaddik. This is the idea mentioned in the Gemara, Eruvin, Al-Pasuk upon the verse, in which it says, Megillah Afa, a folded scroll. As brother Zechariah, Megillah Afa, a folded scroll. Kad Eifel, Eifel, La. And the brother of the Gemara upon this verse, what? Afa, Aifet. When it's folded, Kad Aifetla. When it's folded, Kad Kalfetla. When it's peeled, etc. Meaning what? Nimtza, we find, We find that the entire world is like one span in comparison to the Torah, which is uh, compared to the number 3200, 3200. So, This world entirely, from beginning to end, is like a one zeret, um, like one pinky, one small measurement in comparison to the Torah, which is like 32,200 times bigger. We see that the Torah is very great and very broad. Just the small span, which is this world. Just this small world is standing... Um, in front of the eyesight 
and preventing us from seeing the great light of the Torah. Just the truth is, this entire world is literally one small, tiny span in comparison to the Torah. Which is super large and broader than the entire sea. And at first glance, it seems difficult. We might have a question. How is it possible that something so small like this world can stand and obstruct, block out something so big like the world? Uh, sorry, like the Torah. Which is greater thousands of times, multiple thousands of times greater than this small thing. Because this entire world is so small in comparison to the Torah. The Torah is bigger uh, than this world by thousands of times. So, a valid question over there. But rather, it's like the following explanation. Just like a small coin. If you put it next to your eye, before your eye, you're going to prevent yourself from seeing a great mountain in front of you. Even though the mountain is thousands of times bigger than the small coin. But because of the fact that this coin is standing before your eyes, therefore it's blocking out your eyesight. Until literally you can't even see that great thing, which is thousands of times greater. The same is true when a person arrives to this world. And he becomes, remains submerged within the vanities of the world. And he, it seems to this person as if there's literally nothing better than the vanities and the pleasures of this world. And this world, which is small and insignificant, is preventing this person from seeing the great light, the lofty light of the Torah, which is greater by thousands of times than this small thing, which is this world. And this is exactly the example of the sun. That the, that the earth is obstructing us from seeing the great light of the sun. Even though the sun is greater by thousands of times than the earth. By multiple, multiple, multiple times. This is exactly as the parable we mentioned above, Kamumbaz, is brought down. So it all makes sense. Vizel. And this is an explanation of the verse. The pathway of the tzaddikim is like a glowing light. Like literally a glowing light. Just like the sun which is constantly radiating. It's just that what? Just like the sun is radiating constantly. The only thing that's obstructing the radiance of the sun is this obstacle. Because of the earth which is obstructing the light of the sun. Even though the earth is much smaller than the sun. But it's like the parable we mentioned above. The same is true of the tzaddikim, the holy tzaddikim who are radiating light constantly. Constantly, It's just that this earth, which is this world, the physical world, the vanities of this world, um, is preventing us from seeing the great light of these tzaddikim. And even though the light of these tzaddikim is awesomely great, and this entire world in its entirety is small and very negligible in comparison to their great light. Nonetheless, this world is preventing us and obstructing us from seeing their great light. Like the parable of the coin that stands before our eyes, which prevents us from seeing the mountain.
And all of this is because the world stands before a person's eyes and blocks it out, blocks out what he's supposed to see. Until he's unable to see the light of the Holy Torah and the Holy Tzadikim, which is greater than this small thing by thousands and thousands of uh, times larger. It's thousands of times larger than this small, small object, which is this world. But if a person removes this small obstruction from before his eyes, meaning he diverts his eyes from this world, does not pay attention to the world. It's just that he exalts his head and he lifts his eyes from staring at this world and he lifts up his eyes and stares above the world which is preventing him from seeing, which is blocking it out, the true vision. So if a person is able to lift up his eyesight from the vanities of this world to protect himself from these things, if a person merits to, to um, exalt his eyes above the vanities of this world, then he will merit to see the great and awesome, wondrous light of the Torah and the Tzadikim. Because Rabbeinu is telling us again and reinstilling this concept within our heads because we have to really understand this very well that the truth is Rabbeinu tells us the light of the tzaddikim and the Torah is greater by tens of thousands of times than this entire world and all its vanities it's just that this world stands before a person's eyes and doesn't allow him at all to divert his eyes from this world so that he should engage so that he should um, put his eyesight above this world, which is towards the Torah and the Tzadikim. Literally like the, like the parable that we mentioned above, the, the small coin. Which stands before the eyes, preventing it from seeing the great mountain before it. Rabbanu tells us with ease a person is able to remove this coin from before his eyes. Immediately he will be able to see this great mountain. The same is true literally with regard to the subjects of the world and the Torah. That with a minor shift a person is able to pass over this world from before his eyes. Literally to throw away the world from gazing at the world and its vanities. He's able to throw this away immediately. And he'd be able to merit to see the great light of the Torah and the Tzadikim. Which are illuminating throughout all the world, worlds with great and awesome light. And Rabbeinu says, understand this very well. And I so heard in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, in which he said, Oy vavoy, Whoa! The world is filled with lights, with secrets, with wonders, with awesomeness. But the small hand stands before a person's eyes and prevents him from seeing these great and awesome lights. May we really um, focus on the true purpose to truly block out this vision of this world. And to truly focus on the world to come, the ideas of the Torah, the Tzadikim, to prevent ourselves from falling into the damages and the vanities of this world. Torah Kufla Medaled, 
avoda gdola le martora afilo leachid. It's a great service. It's a great um, act of servitude to Hashem to say a Torah, to, to give a lesson even to one person. All the more so to the public. Because a person needs to be very careful um, that he does not say something um, which is not fitting for the intellect of the listener. Meaning that he has to make sure that he... Um, that he makes sure that the thing which he is saying is that the listener who is listening, the person who is listening, the person who is in the audience is able to listen to what he's saying, that it's not too much light, not too little, etc. Because Rabbeinu tells us that if a person says a Torah to someone who is not worthy to listen to that thing, then this is the aspect of adultery. Rabbeinu is going to give us this awesome chidush. Why? For... What's in the youth adultery? It's the idea of throwing away the drops of the intellect to the place which is not needed, meaning the drops of the mind, which is that seed, to the place which is not needed. That's adultery. Being with someone else when you're not supposed to be with them, giving your seed to someone else. This is what we call a waste. In vain. Because actually, this drop of intellect, which in physicality we're referencing is seed, but here Rabban was interpreting as... Um, the drops of the mind, meaning the a person's um, Torah, when he wants to give it over to someone else, if that person is not worthy, it's an aspect of niyuf. Because just like the Torah comes from the mind, the same is true, the same is true of that seed. So why? that? Because that person who's receiving that Torah is not birthing anything of it. He's not giving birth to anything of it. It's not something proper. And sometimes, when a person gives a Torah to someone else or to a, a, an audience, in which they're not worthy of listening, or which they can't, they shouldn't listen to. Um, this is what we call ni'uf mamash, literal adultery. That which he produces is flawed and blemished. Meaning, what does it mean that the thing which he produces is flawed and blemished? Who's producing this? Meaning the person who's listening. Meaning the receiver of the one who's receiving this Torah, the receiver of this lesson, is making of these words Something which is not fitting to be it, which is not true. He's not making words. He's not making things of these words that he should, according to his level. The Alken, and therefore, by the mere fact of saying a Torah, so when a person gives a lesson in Torah, God forbid, it can occur that uh, this evil inclination for sexual immorality can overcome this person. Therefore, a person must be very careful. When you say a Torah in public, that his word should be divisible. That each and every person should listen to that which he needs. Not more. And even if he's saying before the public the same words, that you should pray, that you should make sure that the words, because a person might ask that, oh, if you're saying the same words before everyone else, then you can't control them. You should only have the same people in the audience who are at the same level. You can't have people who are at different levels in the audience. But Rabban was telling us that even if you're saying the same words to the same people, meaning everyone's going to hear the same words. But what? You have to ensure that um, that the words should not enter um, 
meaning that you should ensure that the words that you say should enter the hearts of each and every person according to what he needs, meaning that he should take the words according to the level where he's at and not differently. And the same is written in the Zohar, in Yitro, Yitro, the Yitro heard. So the Zohar asks, but didn't the entire world hear? So why is it saying in the, in the verse, Yitro heard? What about Yitro? But Yitro heard. Etc. Etc. is brought down in the Zohar. Meaning that the Zohar is hinting over there to this idea mentioned in another Zohar. That worthy or happy is the one who speaks to the ears that listen. Meaning what? That you should speak to the ears. You should speak to the ears that they should listen in a way that they, that they need to listen to it in that manner. Meaning that you should speak to the ears according to that person's level. That each and every person receives the lesson that you're giving him. According to his level, and not too high or not too low. And this is why it's sending meaning anyone who's greater than his friend, as we saw in another Gemara, literally a few lessons back. That anyone who's greater than his friend, meaning that he's great, by the mere, and because he's great, he's giving a lesson. What did it say in the Gemara Sukkah? Anyone who's greater than his friend, his evil inclination is greater than his friend. So if you're greater than someone, then your evil inclination is greater. So what does it mean to be greater than your friend? Meaning one who's great, who's at the level to give a Torah. Then what? His inclination is great. Meaning Because if a person gives a Torah, it's possible that he can fall into this aspect of sexual immorality, adultery, God forbid. And that he, um, this desire for sexual immorality could um, overpower him. But a person needs to be very careful of this and to weigh his words um, as we mentioned above. That's it, Bezrat Hashem. Um, for today, next class, Bezrat Hashem, we'll start with Torah, Kuf Lamed Hay.